Hello. Hello. Were you, were Hello. You were you moving something just now? Uh, maybe I was moving my mic because I forgot to move my mic over to my face and it was off to the side. Ah, uh, yes. Sounds, check, check. Sounded very boomy. Um, so, uh, hello. Hello. How are you? I could be better. Uh, could be better, but, yeah. but, but, not, could not be a, not amazing. Could you be could worse. be better, but you, yeah, there okay. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a glass half full of worse kind of guy, I guess. But I, I am. Just uh, I don't know. It's not it's not been ideal. We see we we got uh, some rain here in Southern California. I know you probably also had <gasps> some up in Northern California, but uh, the rain um, uh, brings with it some challenges in a place where it doesn't usually rain. In that, yeah, like uh, floods. Well, not flood, but because oh, uh, we had a flood warning here, that's why I said floods. But uh, that was the wrong answer. What was the right answer? Uh, leaks. Um, Oh, yeah. I like those. Um, well, well, I preferably mean, on a salad. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably like them for your job where you get to talk about leaks. Oh, uh, that also works. Mm-hmm, but not yeah. Nini leaks because no. that, that gal's a little too, uh, uh, little, little too out there for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see, I, I, uh, I liked her on that one, um, Ryan Murphy show that was on NBC for like a season with uh, Ellen Bernstein, maybe I don't remember the name of that one, but uh, it was it was s- something that was ill conceived and uh, did not last. But uh, she, she she was there in an acting role. So I think it, my mom watched was, that show. Yeah, I think it, my mom liked that show too. Yeah, it, it just uh, it worked better when she was acting on purpose and not like in some sort of convoluted like Bravo storyline plot kind of a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, so yeah. your house has leaks or yes, yes. Uh, my no. house, my house is really frustrating. Yeah. Well, see, I thought so, too. And then we got a tarp and some sandbags and then that didn't solve it. And then we got a bigger tarp um, and <laughs> and some bigger sandbags. Well, actually, I was worried about being able to carry the sandbags. So instead, we got the little patio pavers that are like 58 cents each. Uh, and so I had to, to carry those up because uh, there's a 10 foot wall. That I had to climb um, by going up on top of a cinder block wall fence. Hold thing. on, wait. Yeah, <laughs> what? So, yeah. so is you, do you have an earth contact home? Uh, I don't know what that means, but I think so. Where the house on some side of it comes in contact with the earth, like in a big way. Oh yeah. See, we are on a hill. Um, and ah. Yeah. It, the uh, the hill. Um, uh, it has parts where the house is intersecting in several places, uh, and there's cement parts and cinder block parts and, uh, you know, other things. Um, and in terms of like the foundation and stuff that all seems dry and nice and whatever, but that's good. There's this one weird little part that, uh, the water seems to be coming in by a door by the garage and, uh, we put the tarp over that and then it's still was coming in but we're not really entirely sure where the source of it is so then i climbed on top of this uh cement outcropping thing that's next to the house and it's like maybe there's a crack here somewhere so we covered the whole thing in a tarp um and we still had some water come in last night when it rained uh so we're not sure also there may be more than one leak because there was less water 
So maybe the water is also coming in from somewhere else into the garage. Uh, but <sighs> it's not like it's the kitchen or the living room. So it's not the worst thing, but it is um, not no, ideal. Not the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah, could could be worse. Um, but be, uh, see, so yeah. so really quick, I was just you mentioned rain and it was perfect because I was going to complain about how so often when someone says could be worse, I always followed up by saying could be raining, um, which is a reference to young Frankenstein. Um, but nobody ever gets it. And it makes me sad. And uh, then you started talking about rain. And I was like, that's literally the quote could be worse, could be raining. Mm. Um and yeah, for you, that's not good. I mean, I know that there are, I, I wish that I remembered them off the top of my head, because I think I've talked to you before about how my grandparents used to be flippers, uh, not swingers, but flippers. They would buy houses and flip them and uh, sell them. And I remember them having a couple of techniques for finding out where leaks were. And I know one of them involved dye. Um but I can't remember what the what all that process involved. And then there was another one that had to, like there was bubbling involved. Um, but I, I think it, it might have been they used soap or something, and then they could see where the bubbles were forming, and that could show you like the cracks where the leaks could be coming in, or the this you know opening in the floor or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do some more research on that. But I know they used to have some techniques for that because. If it was a foundation issue, of course, then they would have to um, redo the the like moisture barrier paint type stuff. And then for what yours sounds like, it would have been like the weather stripping or something. If it's just a door, um, well, and hopefully nothing that's, you know, yeah. no wood is getting wet. <sighs> well, uh, not not so much. See, the thing, the fun thing is that uh the the doorway um water doesn't seem to be coming in um but the the uh, uh there's like a landing it's it's a you basically go downstairs uh and to your left is a garage door and straight ahead is the door to the side of the house and it's the door to the side of the house that you know we had moisture expert guy come and he's like oh yeah you you, pr- you probably got it here cuz there's like no threshold and it's like okay oh you had someone come well yeah but because it rained uh, a few weeks ago. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll put a threshold in or something. But in the meantime, like, what are our options? And it's like, oh, just put a tarp and some sandbags. That should do it. And so we put a tarp and sandbags. Um, uh, and then we still had water coming in. And you could feel it underneath the floorboards because it gets squishy. Um, <gasps> but there wasn't water. Oh. The threshold wasn't wasn't wet. There wasn't water coming in from the tarp. Uh, sandbag side so the water is coming in through something else and the only other thing there on the side of the house is this part of the house where there's that cement wall which holds up this other little cement blob which is part of the retaining wall that connects not just our property um, but there's a retaining wall in the neighbor that is um, on the street level with ours, and then there's a street that's in the back of the house, and there's a different neighbor up there. So theoretically, if there is a leak somewhere in that uh, rat's nest of cement stuff, um, and it somehow is going inside the house, I don't know how we're going to talk to the other neighbors about that. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll uh, keep trying to be optimistic. Maybe maybe like I said, maybe this is 
all water from a second source that we need to find. And we the tarps actually did what they were supposed to do, maybe. Um, in which case, I would be happy to just seal up the tiny little like hairline stucco crack that we saw, um, which is it's, underneath the tarp. Yeah, yeah, it's just scary having water underneath the floor paneling. That's mm-hmm. perfect environment for baddies. Yes. Yeah, Oof. but uh, I'm sure you're having the time of your life with this this weather. Um, I yeah. had the time of my life, and I owe it all to rain. Um, I am happy that it's raining here. There, there isn't any leaking, um, and it means that... <laughs> well, it's funny because you have to keep cheering on the rain. It can't just be a one-time thing uh, in order for it to matter. But if it did keep raining, um, I would be very happy because that would potentially mean the first year of not having to be constantly on edge about uh, wildfires as I have had to be um, in, you know, my previous time here. And in fact, earlier, uh, this year, I think, no, no, earlier, excuse me, not earlier this year, late last year, um, there was an early wildfire season almost where we thought, you know, when there could be evacuations and in the middle of a pandemic, uh, evacuations are not a great idea, and, you know, having people gather together, it's not a great idea. So it's just been as if the low grade trauma we're all experiencing isn't enough. Let's go ahead and throw wildfires on top of that. And once again, I find myself asking, why does anyone live here uh, whenever that rolls around? So I am happy about the the rain and I, I am sorry that it is affecting you. Um, but. You know, the rain's not the only thing. I just saw yesterday um, multiple reports, multiple sources said that uh, the governor of California was planning on lifting the uh, shelter-in-place order in California and returning to the tiered system. Did you see that report? Oh, yeah. I saw that last night before I went to bed and uh, got all stressed out um, because it does. Just I worry about so, y'all down bad. there because, <laughs> yeah, you've got like, I, I we don't have much better, but y'all have like 0% uh, capacity, right? And emergency rooms. Yes, we have, I think th- there's a uh, reporter for the LA Times that I follow um, who is very, very on top of all things COVID. Um, you may have seen her tweets circulate around. Uh, it's Sumaya, uh, I believe is how you say the name, S. O-U-M-Y-A. Um, and she tweets about it nonstop. Um, but yeah, it's it's a doozy because... Uh, oh, good. Look, she tweeted that uh, Governor Newsom has started his press conference. It's going to be a doozy. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Newsom says ICU capacity will be above 15% across the state by February 21st. Yeah, uh, and then it'll yeah. drop again because you let everybody go back to what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my it's, go ahead. It's a, uh, I I I think uh, remember in the summer, 
where we were like, uh, why are you opening everything up and there's no testing or control or anything? Everything's just opening. Uh, why, why are you guys doing that right now? Uh, and uh, then we had to shut down everything again briefly. Um, I do seem to remember that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then that lasted for a while. And they started opening things back up and they were like, oh, we're going to do it slow. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's going to be fine because it's so, so slow. Uh, you won't even notice. And then and then all of a sudden uh, in October, um, uh, everything just went off the rails again. Uh, and uh, the big problems seem to be um, people in multi-generational houses uh, where someone may be working in a job where they contract something um, or there may be uh, younger people who are not adhering to COVID restrictions because they got to be with their friends. And then they come home and they spread that amongst their family and the elderly in the family uh, tend to have complications and go to the hospital or worse. And that is one of the main things that's going on um and then there's also on top of that um all the stuff from uh having um parties that people were doing basically uh where it'd be like oh yeah it's halloween um you know people come over because you could see the spike that happened a few weeks after halloween and you could see the spike that happened with thanksgiving you could see the spike that happened with christmas um and it was just spikes on spikes um and uh it's not it's not good it's not, it's not the same as uh, stacks on stacks or whatever it is. Um, it's it's uh, unfortunate. And I don't know what your situation is up in uh, the Sonoma area, um, but uh, I assume it's better. Um, I assume you have less bad things happening. Um, less in terms of the, the uh, capacity issue, but overall still not great. Um, my partner was for some time uh, a barista, and worked at the biggest coffee chain in America and probably elsewhere. Oh, uh, it was Seattle's best, right? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, Tom's Coffee. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, he... Or it was Moby's. Yeah, Moby's Coffee. Um, so he ended up... Um, they... There was a lot of lip service, and I think in some stores there was, you know, proper following of protocol and things like that. But um, in the store where he worked, it was really disappointing because basically they chose the customer who was endangering people's lives. Um, They chose to believe that person's story as opposed to my partner's story which was essentially and i'll like i'm not going to go into super detail but essentially someone came in and she was not wearing a mask and uh, my partner asked her to put on a mask uh, as as it's store policy and um then she, you know, temporarily put on the mask and was going to you know grab her drink and leave and wasn't following the rules of like where you're supposed to go to grab the thing that is yours. And uh, so potentially, you know, endangering other customers because she's walking up to the cash register where other people are instead of going to where she was supposed to go at the end of the thing. And so he said, I'm going to put your drink uh, at the end of the the table. If you could put on your mask and, and grab it before you go. Um, and please wait until you get outside of the store to, you know, begin drinking it. Well, uh, she was, offended by uh him asking her to follow store policy and so he she left 
and told her, I guess she went home and like cried to her kids, her grown like adult kids about how she's never been so mistreated in her life and this and that and the other. Um, and she, the, the, man came to the store while my partner wasn't there asking for him and saying that, you know, he had ruined her life and this and that and the other, and that they were going to be coming to the store every single day looking for him. Um, and then the, uh, the woman's daughter came into the store and did the same thing. And luckily it, it happened at the same time that Starbucks was cutting, um, was, was, because Starbucks did this great thing where they let their employees like not work and still get paid, uh, which was a really cool thing. Oh, I already said the company now. Anyway, um, <laughs> let them uh, it was a big not mystery work and still, <laughs> still get paid. And um, so this was like a period of time where that was going on. So he was okay, you know, safe. Um, but he was, you know, going to be returning to work and was, uh, I think, legitimately uh, concerned that, you know, there were going to be people there who were trying to ruffle him up or whatever for no reason at all. Anyway, that ended up going away, or so he thought, um, because then his manager uh, brought him into a meeting and said, I file and had to have another manager there because that's how it works, but filed, like put something on your official record for this event that took place. And he was like, are you serious? You know, this is this thing that this other person did and didn't follow the protocol, but this is a, 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 like a mark against me. Um, So he immediately began, you know, on the side looking for a different job because he could tell that, there was not going to be any support for him when it came to, and mind you, he had just lost his grandfather to COVID nineteen. So he's taking it. He was taking it very seriously that COVID was something that can kill people and that it's not to be messed around with. Um, and so, anyway, he uh, ended up finding a job uh, as a receptionist at a hair salon, um, which is where he works now, and that's been fantastic. It's like a local uh, Petaluma hair salon. Uh, it's actually the place where I, before all this was going on, I that's where I would go to get my hair cut uh, regularly because they're pretty great there. Um, I forgot where this was going. Oh, so hair salons ended up being closed down as part of the pandemic, you know, and so they have all been he's been off work since I think early January. Um, and they paid them for like two weeks. And then after that, they couldn't anymore. So uh, unemployment insurance had to come in, had to step in for the rest of it. Uh, but we with, you know, what uh, Gavin Newsom may be doing, that could be changing and he might be going back to work. Um so yeah, that's kind of where we are with all of that is that things are opening up again. <laughs> and now, you know, both of us are potentially at higher risk because of it. And that's not fun. No, no, it's not fun. And uh, I don't envy that situation. Um, as we've talked about before, fortunately, I have a job and you have a job where there's not a lot of uh, human contact required, uh, and it can be done um, mm-hmm. from uh, off-site places. Um, and so that's been uh, pretty okay. But at the same time, um, you know, with the prevalence of things that are around, even doing things like running errands and stuff uh, is more risky than it ought to be, um, e- even if you're not out all that often. Uh, so, you know, it's it's not super great. Uh, how how are uh, your vaccinations going up there? Are you uh, 
<clears throat> you you enjoying the uh, the brisk pace that that's that's going at? I have been I have been I put on my uh, roller skates and I've been every time I see of of vaccine syringe slowly making its way to someone's arm, I just roller skate in there and ha- stick my arm in in the spot and I'm not going to get polio. Um, I'm not going to get uh, chicken pox um, again, over again. And I'm also not going to um, get a government-created strain of the super measles pox. Um, so basically what I'm saying is, though I've tried and attempted to get the vaccine, I just keep getting other vaccines instead because none of them are the coronavirus vaccine I've been looking for. Uh, no, that is... a. I, I tried to go for something funny, and then as I was doing it, it just wasn't funny, but it was too late, and so I kept trying, and it just ended up being dumb. But uh, yeah, I really wish that I could get the vaccine and that more people could get the vaccine. Um, and, you know, I, this is interesting. I've been tuning in uh, every weekday to, I feel like a big old nerd. Um, I've been tuning in every weekday to C SPAN to watch. Uh, the White House press secretary, Jin Saki, I think, or Saki, um, give her uh, give her reports and hearing about some of the things that they are thinking about doing. But um, Fauci says it's probably not going to be until late summer, if that, that we are uh, are properly vaccinated to a point of herd or that the starts of herd immunity. Uh, but their biggest struggle right now is vaccine hesitancy and um, the proper distribution, because there are a lot of people who live in places where there aren't pharmacies nearby. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I I even try to stay on the lookout for the those situations, the stories that you hear about people um, where they have vaccines that are about to turn, and so they have to either get rid of them or give them. And I'm like, I'm keeping my ear out because I don't know about. I just, I just want to be vaccinated, you know. And I, um, I would love for this all to just be over. And I know that that's a long way away, but I would love that. And I think about again, I. I there's a, a not small part of my brain that is uh, constantly worrying, thinking about you and Rye and um, and all the others that are in that area where you're <sighs> the population density is so high um, and the it would just be so great if if we could focus vaccines at places that really need them and where sticking zero percent ICU capacity and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, clearly, my thoughts are very scattered about this, mm-hmm. but they all are basically just saying, "Please give us this vaccine." There are many of us who do want it who don't have hesitancy, and we would love to be vaccinated. Yeah, well, I, I, a big problem, like you said, is is that. Uh, hesitancy in the priority groups exists, but also uh, booking appointments for these vaccines is a complete nightmare mess. Yeah, I've read some of those tweets. Oh yeah. my! Yeah. Um. The 
because it it all depends on where you live, uh, where the uh, institution is that will be administering it, because you have to register with each individual one, assuming that there are several around you that can do it. Um, so my mother in Florida uh, was signing up for uh, my stepfather, who can't he can't do this himself. Um, uh, he has Alzheimer's and he's like got every uh, issue you could have that would like pretty much guarantee a, a, a pretty poor diagnosis if you were to contract um, COVID. So they've been like inside this uh, whole time. Um, and uh, she finally got an appointment, but it was after trying for two weeks, um, starting at six, six in the morning, um, refreshing various oh web pages, uh, they didn't have any administer to administer in the county that she was in, um, and the state of Florida like made contracts with um, Publix in some counties where they didn't have enough uh, infrastructure to distribute. So Publix was doing it. So she was able to get signed up for an appointment in a Publix that was uh, an hour's drive away, and. She was able to get it, fortunately, um, for uh, my stepfather and uh, also for her. Um, but, you know, not everybody has been so lucky. I, I was reading, like, the LA Times uh, had a piece about, you know, uh, what they called... It was something salacious, uh, vaccine chasers, um, where there are some uh, clinics where people wait in unofficial standby lines um, in order to receive a dose uh, that may expire, um, because if they they've had something like 10 percent uh people don't show up for their appointments um and when that happens uh they just have all this thawed vaccine that they need to use or it goes bad so they distribute it to whoever's there in that unofficial line um and some of it is what you would expect like uh you know brentwood mothers and you know uh 20 somethings and teens and things people who uh have the availability and the capacity to uh go wait on a line for hours fruitlessly mm -hmm. um whereas there's also uh other people who wait in these unofficial lines who are over 65 but can't get an appointment um or uh have some other risks like healthcare workers and stuff where they can't get they can't seemingly get an appointment um yikes and so the people who are running these uh distribution centers they'll have somebody walk the line and say if you're 65 or older or if you're a healthcare worker uh, they'll pull them out of the line first and then if they don't have any more of them then they'll just distribute it to whoever's there um and so some people have received uh first doses and there's also some confusion because different vaccination sites um give you a follow-up appointment right there on the spot and other ones don't uh. um, and so some people are getting first doses where they may not get a second dose oh um, no yeah and so it's just uh it's weird and i can't help but wonder um why there's no infrastructure for booking these appointments that is you know less Better? haphazard and <laughs> prone to failure and could book two appointments at the same time um right know. i feel i feel if you get the first you should be guaranteed the second that like they should not even be giving out one dose if they can't guarantee that the person will get the second dose that's that's bizarre because that's i mean it, it's it you might as well not i mean as far as we know you might as well just not get the second dose because of how much 
or might as well not get the first dose if you can't get the second one because it reduces uh, efficacy. Well, there's there's still, I think with the Moderna vaccine, there's an 80% chance. Uh, they say that you may not contract the coronavirus. Uh, as opposed, oh, that's still pretty high. Yeah, as opposed to the 95%, I think, um, chance with the Moderna. I, I don't know what the numbers are for Pfizer uh, if you only receive one dose. But the... Uh, and that's another thing is like if you get one of those doses and they don't have that other one in stock, like what do you do? Um, but the, uh, the some areas are distributing just as fast as it comes in and they're not stockpiling second doses. Um, like uh, the city of Long Beach has its own health department, even though it's in L.A. County. And so they are just distributing as fast as possible, assuming that there will be a uh, reliable rate that they will be receiving the vaccine from the state. But... <laughs> Uh, they, you know, you know which what is, assuming does. Yeah. Well, that's, but they, they've managed to, uh, go, they've managed to start distributing to restaurant workers now, um, oh, in cool. the city of Long Beach. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of people who live in Long Beach, but it's only one part, uh, of this county and, uh, there's just not a consistent level of things going on with with these efforts so you know you may be in luck if you live in a certain spot or you may be out of luck if you live in a certain spot and uh you just gotta wait and while you know you and i are not in like high priority groups or anything and while we would both like to have vaccines uh i i mostly concerned about the uh number of people dying so if we Mm -hmm. can hopefully distribute as much as possible to the people who are 65 and or older groups exactly yeah and the restaurant workers and grocery workers be- and salon workers yeah, yeah and the salon workers i i mean because the thing that i am uh most concerned with is like you open all this stuff back up again uh from this and then you're just going to be in a situation where you're trying to distribute a vaccine at the same time as uh people will be juggling like their work hours and stuff like mm-hmm. it's it's yeah while weird. the lockdown's going on is a good yeah that's a good point uh that yeah that's a really good point right now would be ideal because people are they have more more open time hmm yeah well it, it, but the essential workers like you know it's just a question of like can you give it to everybody uh fast enough who works at a whole foods or works at a ralph's or like what 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 uh rate can you distribute that um you know what can you do for the people who run little bodegas and convenience stores like how do you uh, get it to them when they're essential workers who uh, are essentially working, even if there is a lockdown? Um, so I don't, I don't know what the answer to any of these things are. I am just mostly surprised there are no answers uh, from people who are like charged with thinking about this stuff for a year now. So right, uh, not only for thinking about it for a year now, but it's like this is these types of things have happened before and that i think that's the most frustrating part of it is um hearing the stories of of you know people lining up for the polio vaccine um and different types of i mean you know every year they distribute flu vaccine and that for the most part goes over well so that's what's frustrating to me is it feels like the infrastructure is there and that there there are people whose jobs have been for the history of their jobs like epidemiology and 
and uh, uh, sort of planning. You know, don't they have the yellow envelope, the manila envelope that they crack open that says, okay, here's what we do. You know, you, you issue this command over the uh, radio and over the, the walkie-talkie and these different things go into place and, you know, suddenly it all... You want it to be a well-oiled machine and it does not feel like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, well, also, like, in comparison to, like, flu shots and stuff, like, this is a two-dose instead of a one-dose and then you're dealing with, you know, the intervals and timing of that and then there's two different kinds and so you have to deal with making sure that people get matching kinds um and then you also have the uh super refrigeration that's required for this particular uh set of things where it's like yeah you gotta thaw it and then use it um otherwise you throw it out and uh you know i don't i don't know um i i i just surprised that like for booking appointments and stuff like we live in california i can get restaurant reservations can we put open table in charge of this? Like what's what's right. What's going on? Like uh, we should be able to book this stuff. Like I, I don't understand why there isn't a state level uh, booking system since they're doing the distribution there. Like why do you go to uh, a portal for the county that refers you to one of the um, clinics that's contracted out like Carbon Health or one of the other ones? And it's just like, why, why do you have to like get passed around like this it all it it doesn't feel very connected um and it's like here we are technology california place um we we can't <laughs> we can't we can't make appointments for people um and websites that don't crash uh and stuff like that but you know whatever we'll die eventually it's just whether or not we have a vaccine before we die um or you know we die from the covid could be worse mm-hmm. yeah could be raining yeah <laughs> Do we have anything cheerful to talk about, I guess? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, is there? Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool that... Uh, see, I was hoping my brain would fill in that blank. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, there's not really a whole lot of new... T- I mean, so there's the rumor that um, Apple is working on some new Macs um, that will... I mean, but we kind of knew this, or these were rumors ever since the M1 Macs were uh, announced, which was that there would be a second generation um, that would have a better process... Excuse me, better processor than the M1 and would, uh, you know, be more powerful. Apparently, MagSafe uh, is coming back to the Mac. Um and potentially even an SD card slot, which would be pretty wild. Um, so that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, my mind just goes, took you long enough. Like, I I, I, I have a hard time being, like, super jazzed about it. Uh, but maybe, maybe it would be super cool. Uh, I hope that by removing the touch bar and uh, adding MagSafe, that maybe the port situation will be a little more... Uh, a little nicer to use because um, that's one of the things I never liked about the uh, existing one is just like I know that you can do so much with these ports and that they are so powerful and they can they can distribute power over any single one of those ports and so there is um, a certain amount of flexibility in that regard however you're using up one of those ports that mm-hmm. uh, you could use for something else on just power um, and so it's it's never made a ton of sense to uh, to me in that regard 
I know that there are people who are just like, ah, oh, but I love, I can plug it in on this other side of the laptop. And it's like, yeah, I know. I know. That's great. I wish you could do that too, like no matter what. Uh, but if if I had a MagSafe on the back of this thing, and you can bet uh, your butt that I would use it. Um, but the uh, it's so that I could have, you know, four data ports open instead of, you know, three ports open and one one just going, hey, I'm charging. Um, but that's, that's uh, you know, something. And the touch bar thing is just like an added expense that existed for some novelty item that is completely uh, yeah, useless I, to most people. I, yeah, I barely use mine. Um, I, it, like, I forget it's there. It, because it, that's the thing about the touch bar is that it's in a place where the keyboard and trackpad are. And both of those are devices that you don't look at. You're mm-hmm. meant to be able to use them without looking at them. So then to have to suddenly look down to use the touch bar, I just think it was poor. I, I mean, maybe... So here, here's the one place where I will... It's a little bit easier to see what's going on in the touch bar if you just use your MacBook Pro's display. Um, so I am a little bit of a unique case because most of the time my MacBook Pro is connected to external displays. Um, so I don't see the touch bar as much. So it, it feels even less useful to me because I don't really see the keys that are on there. And I it's interesting because in the past couple, in the, in the past month, I would say, I've actually used the touch bar more than I ever have because I set up some different finder actions for for things that I use. So in Automator, you can create these little Essentially, it's like shortcuts. You can create these little um, processes and step-by-step processes, and you can set them up as what's called finder actions, where in the finder, there's an icon that you can click to do a thing to files or folders or what have you. And I often need to convert JPEGs to PNG files. And so I just created a little finder action for that. And now I can, you know, select a bunch of different image files and then on the touch bar, just hit PNG and it turns them all into PNGs. And so, in the, like I said, in the past month, I've been using it more than I ever have. But that's the first time really that it's been useful. And I even went as far as to install... Um, Better Touch Bar, I think it's called. Uh, Better Touch Toolbar, something like that. Yeah. And I think it's it better, has... better Touch Tool, maybe. Better uh, Touch Tool, yes, that's correct. And it has a uh, really cool touch bar kind of reworking that has a bunch of different stuff that you can do. But even when I was using that, I didn't really use the touch bar. I didn't have uh, a reason for it. So most of the time, it just it's just a, a black bar at the top of my um macbook pro keyboard yeah i i almost never use it because like you said i'm running this in clamshell mode um with an external monitor and an external keyboard uh and the thing that i would like the most is for there to be touch id on the side of the thing instead of having to open it in order to use that um or uh you know i think they've added watch stuff that will hopefully help with that in the future but the uh the actual touch bar itself otherwise is completely unused except i'll i'll open if i if i have it open and i'm using the laptop in my lap uh as as is its name kind of thing category yeah uh, then you know 
what happens is I tend to notice out of the corner of my eye something changed drastically. Like if I open Safari and then all of a sudden it's like, here are all the little thumbnails of all your tabs. And it's just like you see a little white square in the corner of your eye and, and you get drawn to that. I find it distracting more than helpful. And I know that there are a lot of people who like being able to visualize the tabs so that they can easily switch back and forth. But I don't find the thumbnails to be particularly helpful, especially if you have mostly the same thing open. And you have mostly just white backgrounds with like slightly different colors of things and maybe tiny little images and stuff. So it's not super descriptive or helpful in that regard to me specifically. Uh, and then I just mainly find that distracting. And I also know that you know you don't have to do two taps for like brightness or volume changes that you can just push and hold and drag your finger and it'll do it. But uh, I mechanically, my mind, for whatever reason, I have to... It's buttons, right? Yeah, I have to yeah. break break attention from what I'm doing, look down at it, push the button, then slide it. And I know that I could that could just be one action of holding down and then sliding, but I, I just, I can't mechanically seem to remember to do that action because it's a button that reveals something else. And so I keep, you know, thinking that I need to push the button, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I won't be sorry to see it go. I'm looking forward to saying, I told you so. Uh, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe when that was first introduced and every people who were just like, you know, I mean, oh. I was excited about it. I thought it would be a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, because the, the iPhone is all screen and it, it, to, to me, it was like, oh, wow, it would be cool to have these really nice contextual menus for different apps. Um, so, you know, you get your Photoshop tools and, and things like that. But it's just, I never, never made use of it. Um, and I, I mean, I, I don't know that I gave it, you know, the old college try necessarily. But the, I think that something, when it comes to the technology, like it needs to be compelling enough for me to want to give it the shot that it deserves mm-hmm. or that, you know, they think it deserves. And it never did. So, yeah. 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 Uh- you know, well, just looking forward to be it being gone. I never liked it. Won't miss it. Bye. <laughs> Good riddance. Um, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I think from a term from um a power perspective, um, what the next kind of level of chip will be in terms of performance and stuff. Um, I would be fine with something that was as performant as my current uh uh fifteen inch MacBook Pro is as long as it was something that uh, used less power or spun up the fans less. Um, But, you know, I think that it's been pretty clear that the MacBook Pro 13-inch that they released, um, the two, the the M11 with the two ports, that that one still spins up the fan a little bit. Uh, And so, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get my dream of, like, a non-spinny, you know, little little guy that still has a big screen. because I think that's one of the things that gets lost on some people is like, oh, well, I just want the teeniest, tiniest little laptop possible. And it's like, no, I, I, I want a screen that I can see uh, and I mm-hmm. want battery life that lasts. Uh, so I need I need something that is larger uh, than that. So, but if you could make, you know, something with a big screen that uh, had battery life and then also was pretty quiet or thin or whatever, then sure, fine, do whatever. I don't care about that part. Uh, I just, you know, need to have battery life and and uh, quietness. Um, from it but you know whatever uh and then there's gonna be like new desktops and blah 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 etc stuff <laughs> are you are you excited about this like fake g4 cube kind of idea thing that maybe exists sort of uh i've heard some other people be very excited about it but mm-hmm. i no, i 
I guess I don't know. It's um it's a cool idea and yeah, I'm sure there'll be some people who really love it, but uh and that's fine. I mm-hmm. it just again, it's one of those it's not for me, so uh I'm happy that it's for somebody, but it's not for me, so I can't really, you know, go into why it would change my life whenever it wouldn't change my life, no. I guess. Yeah, it's the same thing. Because I, I think a lot of people who are excited about it are probably also forgetting um, the relative price uh, that it's going to be, you know, considering everything else in the lineup. Because w- one thing about the G4 Cube that kind of killed a lot of people's interest in it is it was pretty expensive um, for what you got uh still um and i think a lot of people wanted something that was that form factor but less money and something tells me just going on a limb here um that apple maybe perhaps will not make this device cost like a thousand dollars like some people would like and that it may be more in the neighborhood of two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars maybe um and if that happens then everybody's just gonna be whining on the internet uh, <laughs> I wanted this thing, but it costs too much money. Apple is charging too much money for this. And, and it'll be like, yeah, okay, great. Well, that's how it works. That's Apple. Um, so, you know, get over it. And uh, the, you know, and the thing that, you know, most people would pass over uh, the Cube for the integrated solution of the iMac um, because you get the monitor and everything all together. And, right. you know, there's going to be, I think, far more interest in what the next version of the iMac is, um, then there is going to be in that cube. Um, so hopefully, you know, the, the people who are sad about the cube box, um, will be, uh, excited to buy their iMacs, um, which I'm sure will be less, uh, less costly in terms of an integrated solution than buying the monitor and whatever. But I am kind of interested to see what the new, uh, lower cost external display winds up being. Me too. Me mm-hmm. too. Um, that's one place where I've got my eyes, you know, ready. I'm ready to see what you've, what you are going to come up with. If, you know, they truly are working on something, uh, there that that's of interest to me because, um, I've had my, their 1610 ratio or aspect ratio, uh, Dell ultra sharp monitors for several years now and have, you know, considered upgrading and replacing them for several years now, uh, but never have because as people uh, always point out, there's no display like the, um, you know, the, the, the built-in displays on the iMac and the uh, MacBook Pro that it does everything that you'd want it to do. Um, And so a first party display that isn't a bajillion dollars would be ideal, would be something that I would uh, consider as my replacement display or displays for these old monitors. Because uh, yeah, right now, I mean, I got these at the at a time, you know, knowing full well that they were not going to match the resolution. or I should say like the, I don't know, is that, is that technically resolution? The pixel density is what I'm talking about specifically of the uh, device that I was going to be connecting it to. Um, 
but what I would love is one that has, you know, similar pixel density so that all of my displays look as sharp and as clean as this 16 inch MacBook Pro's display looks. Um, so yeah, I think this is exciting. I may, I used to have a Thunderbolt, uh, monitor and, you know, the, it wasn't a high quality display, but for the time it was, and it had, you know, just that one cord that plugged into my MacBook Pro and charged it at the same time. It had a built-in um, webcam, built-in microphone, built-in speakers, and a whole hub on the back of it so that it really was just a one cord plus MagSafe charging uh, solution as an external display for my monitor. And then, you know, you got Ethernet power, you got all these different things uh, with it. It was really elegant, uh, the way that it worked. And so I would love to have that back. I'd love, I'd really love to have that back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that it's stand will only cost $500 on it. Oh, my word. Oh man, it will, it will crack me up if they're still selling this stand separate. Um, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what it is. Uh, it, it, it's it's probably going to be a situation where it's going to cost more than I would like to spend. I'm sure, uh, and I will not be buying it over continuing to use this crappy Samsung that I've complained about in the past. Um, which is not horrible. It's just you know it is what it is. Uh, but the uh, uh, it's probably I think the most exciting thing um from these rumors for me is just that monitor um and i guess you know maybe everything will be better by the next time i i buy something else uh you know just all slightly more more good i don't see a need to replace anything else um with what is rumored to exist here because uh, I, I don't do anything that would really benefit significantly from um having the performance of a uh apple chip um because it's just not that big of a deal. I'm not computing on the device except for when I'm, you know, editing podcasts and uh, that works fine as is, you know, edit and export in two minutes, whatever. Like that's not mm-hmm. the big bottleneck for me. But uh, whenever this breaks or whenever Apple introduces new technologies that do things with your other devices that are no longer compatible with this version of Bluetooth that's inside of this device, um, as happened previously, uh, then I'm sure that I'll be replacing it uh, with with something then, and I look forward to it being better uh, instead of being worse. So that's let's see, it's a positive thing that I can say. Yeah, yeah, future technologies being better rather than worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if yeah. I'm not buying it right now, someday I'll buy something and it'll be better because of the way that things are going. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's positive. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a spin. Um, yeah, I mean. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't expect all that much uh, from Apple uh, in this regard. It's not like they're going to actually change the world or make it any better or anything, or that buying a new computer is going to fix anything um, that's going on. But, uh, but yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I don't, I hope that um, there will be a a week this year where dread does not enter into my uh 
into my my thoughts for like one whole one whole day. If I can have a day without dread in a week of the year of 2021, um, I will have considered it a successful year. Yeah, I I had I had a day without dread. Um. You know, uh, when there was an, the inauguration, um, which contrasted nicely with my day of dread, which was January the 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I think I need something that's more stable than a day. I yeah, I need, yeah, that's probably fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I need, I need, it needs I, to be longer than a day. I need, I need that feeling to, like, last for a week or, or something where I can just sort of wake up one morning and be like, hey. Why do I feel okay? Why do I feel like good about things? And it'll be like, oh right, because nothing horrible has happened in a couple of weeks, and so my mind is no longer like uh, traumatized by that uh, possibility occurring. Uh, so you know, I I need I need that level of stability um, before I'm going to celebrate anything. And I I I hope uh, along with you and Dr. Fauci that uh, it is going to come before the end of this year, and uh, maybe I won't have a vaccine by the end of this year, but. Uh, if if maybe the majority of people have it, at least I'll I'll not feel so dire about things. Yeah, and that seems to be a a good goal, a good goal to have. <laughs> By the end of this year, let's have a week without dread. Yeah, there's our resolution Sorry, for. I didn't understand. Oh great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it either. A L E X A. Let me tell you. <sighs> How's Bernie? (laughs) Oh, Bernie? Yeah, you got new. uh, You do any Bernie things? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't meme um, him because by the time everybody was doing it, it was like, oh, I can tell this is going to be everybody doing it. So mine's not going to be special or anything. So I just didn't bother. Right. But uh, you know, and sure enough, the next day you had all the brands doing it. Uh, like Amazon Pay. <laughs> Did you see the Amazon Pay one? Oh God, no. Yeah, Am- Amazon Pay that up. has a Twitter account for some reason that I don't know. And uh they they uh tweeted the the meme, the the, the little thing. And it was it was pretty bad. I don't Let's know see. why they did it, because it doesn't make any sense uh in regards to the brand. Oh, that's really bad. I don't see it now. I wonder if they deleted it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because I'm just scrolling backwards and I don't see it at all. Oh, I wonder if anybody screenshotted it. It was it was pretty dumb. Um, because it was just a uh, nonsense about how uh oh Bernie's like this because of how easy Amazon Pay is. This is all you have to do to do it, and it's just like, what? <laughs> That's so dumb. Yeah. Also, like the company and Bernie, like really, you 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 think that Bernie is really on Team Amazon? Like, I don't know about that one. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wants to make Amazon pay. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, did you did you do any? Uh... Uh, so I I didn't do any publicly because yes, again, everybody had done it and it was kind of over um, before it started. But I did do a couple for family because they, I knew they'd get a hoot out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I did one. My partner and his uh, cousins went to the uh, aquarium, you know, years ago. And so I took that photo and I, uh, you know, tried to color match. So Bernie looked like he was also blue and at the aquarium and sat him down next to them. And so they got a a kick out of that. And then um, in the fam chat, 
as we call it, um, with my family, I uh, made one that had some of my family members in it, and then they got a laugh out of that. But then everybody and their mother was sending me the uh, crocheted Bernie and asking me if I could if I could create a crocheted Bernie. Um, and I said, well, I haven't seen the pattern. Um, and I'm I, just from the look of it, I couldn't um, – the, the mittens themselves they did some special thing uh that wasn't a typical stitch so uh that it's over and done with thank goodness before it ever became a thing that i needed to try to do more research on because i did do like you know i zoomed in and was trying to figure out what stitches they were using to create him um but yeah i think that by the time i ever figured it out without a, a crochet pattern or amigurumi pattern um that would have been done so no no bernies outside of a couple of quick photoshop jobs Mm -hmm. although i spent a longer time than uh i'd rather say working on the one with the aquarium because i like i said i wanted to you want to do the shadows right you want to make sure that bernie doesn't look like he's outside at you know, uh, the, the inauguration, but instead is in like a dark, uh, blue green space. And then you've got to try to match the blur that's, you know, cause the photo's slightly out of focus, um, and, and all those things. So I, you, you start to save and, and export and then you're like, Oh no, but I could adjust this. Oh no, but I might want to okay, now I got to do this. And so, yeah, it took a lot longer than I had intended to even take on it. But I don't know. You want to, I I don't, I didn't want to go all all out, but I also didn't want to just like put a sticker on it because anybody can put a Bernie sticker on something, Mm -hmm. but it takes, um, it takes a little more work to try to make it look like it matches. So it was fun. Yeah. And I appreciate the work, even though I didn't see it. I just, I know you did a good job. (laughs) <laughs> thanks mm-hmm. i did my best i didn't have uh dan there to work on the shadows for me <laughs> so well dan dan sent me one and bernie was out of scale with everybody else in the scene so i chastised him thoroughly for that <laughs> uh oh that actually was i i have to give him some um some uh, some what's the word i'm looking for sympathy i guess for that because i also had that problem at first i uh was working on it and then i zoomed out and i was like why is bernie gigantic i need to make some adjustments so i used my partner's shoes as the sort of scale match um and, and adjusted bernie so that the size of his shoes matched the size of bernie's shoes just about um and then it felt more to scale because yeah at first bernie was a lot bigger than the rest of them and uh it was kind of tough figuring that out mm-hmm. yeah ah the 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 uh Trials and tribulations of trying to composite things. Uh, you know, it, it's it's why I have it as a job. So yeah, yeah, you you know you know best. Not not so easy. You didn't do any Bernies, did you? No, no, yeah. Because uh, like I said, private we, private we, Bernies. I mean, no, no I know no, you no. didn't do any public Bernies. <laughs> I didn't do any private Bernies. <laughs> uh, Bernies for you and your friends. Yeah, that feels like it should mean something bad. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you charge for a private Bernie? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, on that on that note, I think maybe we're really over this time. I think so. Uh, yes. And, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>